You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. Tune in to Done By Law. An informal and irreverent look at the law. Critical insights and analysis from diverse community perspectives. Done by law, 6pm Tuesdays. Good evening and welcome to Done by Law on 3CR 855am, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. It's 6pm and you're here with Beth and Ingrid, broadcasting live from the 3CR studio. We'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the lands on which we are broadcasting and recording, and where we are, that's the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and to pay our respects to their elders past and present. Tonight, we look at the new Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill 2021, which marks the most significant development in the sex workers' rights movement in Victoria to date. On the 10th of February 2022, the Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill 2021 was passed by Victorian Parliament. The new laws replace Victoria's outdated licensing system, which criminalises consensual adult sex work. It represents the pinnacle of decades of advocacy by sex workers seeking to be treated in the same way as other workers and will greatly improve the health and safety of workplaces where sex work occurs. Victoria is the fourth jurisdiction in the world to decriminalise sex work. Tonight we're lucky to be joined by Matthew, a sex worker and the policy officer at Sex Work Law Reform Victoria. Sex Work Law Reform Victoria is an independent, non-partisan volunteer group led by sex workers, lobbying for the full decriminalisation of consensual adult sex work in Victoria. Now, we were lucky enough to speak with Matthew on Done by Law last year when this bill was yet to be passed. And now, Matthew joins us again to talk about the impact of the passing of the bill, particularly in terms of anti-discrimination laws and issues of key importance to sex workers, such as the ability to work from home. Welcome, Matthew, and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Beth. Hi, Ingrid. Now, We've had the Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill 2021 passed at last and understand, Matthew, that this is a repeal bill. Um, So we're interested in hearing from you which laws are staying and which are going. Yes, it's a a great question. The the bill essentially repeals the Sex Work Act, which represents the licensing system in Victoria, and that Um, is the majority of the criminal laws which criminalise consensual adult sex work. So it's really a repeal bill to repeal the Sex Work Act. Um, And what's the current system of sex work laws and and why have these laws failed sex workers, in your opinion? Well, the current laws in place for sex workers, uh, there are a few features of them that explain why they're unjust and unworkable. The first is that Unlike all other industries, the sex work laws at the moment are criminal laws in in the majority rather than standard business laws. The second feature of them is that the police enforce those laws. The nature of the laws are discriminatory. So when other small businesses 
can apply for, a, say, a planning permit or rent, rent a home, sex workers are not able to do that under the current laws. And the laws themselves themselves also treat sex work very differently and very unfairly. So, for example, sex workers can't describe their services in their ads. In most uh, areas of planning law, they can't set up a business and they are unable to um, uh, advertise for new staff in in advertising. So in many areas of sex workers' lives, whether it's who they can work with, how they can work or where they can work, the law has effectively criminalised most forms of sex work. And is all of this changing under the new bill? Yes, it is, and it will be over time. So all of these laws that uh, effectively criminalised most forms of sex work were part of the Sex Work Act, and that will be repealed um, in 2022, this year and next year as well. The, what the what the bill does is is it does recognise that there are crimes that can be committed against sex workers, and it makes a distinction between two categories of laws. The first category are activities associated with consensual adult sex work, and the bill recognises that that is work, and that that workplace activities need to be regulated by standard business tax and workplace safety laws, like any other business. That said, there can be crimes committed against sex workers, such as coercion, violence, sexual assault, and of course, uh, paedophilia or crimes against children. And the law recognises that those crimes can exist and it moves those crimes from the Sex Work Act into the Crimes Act, which I believe is appropriate because um, crimes against the person should be in the Crimes Act and uh, issues about consensual adult Um, activity should not be considered a crime and should not be in the Crimes Act at all. Mm. So it sounds, Matthew, like there's been a fundamental shift in the philosophy um, behind the way sex work is regulated. What is the philosophy behind sex work decriminalisation and and what are the sorts of legal and human rights principles that guide the development of a bill of this nature? That's actually a really great question and I'm actually really pleased Uh, that the Victorian government seems to have really understood those principles. Reading their press releases and the bill itself, you can see that it's it's taken on board these principles. And the principle is that sex work as an activity should be treated as as a work um, type of activity rather than a crime or a moral infraction or or violence against women. Many other parts of the world treat sex work as violence against women or or a crime, and they try to prohibit such activities. This bill recognises that it's work and that it needs to therefore be regulated in a way, but in the same way that other businesses are regulated. Um, So, for example, advertising laws, tax laws, council laws, all of these existing laws that us that um, control and regulate any other type of business can be um, applied to the sex industry. And the human rights principles that go into a bill of this nature are that when you have a marginalised community like sex workers that are vulnerable and face many disadvantages in society, criminalising that community further does nothing to help the community or society at large. It actually increases 
the violence that they may experience. And so that's one of the principles guiding the fact that criminalising that kind of community doesn't help the community or, the, or society at large and it should be treated as work, not as a crime. So is this a big victory for sex workers, Matthew? It is. It's a huge victory, in fact, because we haven't seen a bill of this nature in many other parts of the world ever. Uh, Victoria is the, is the fourth jurisdiction to decriminalise sex work. I know for a fact that every other country is trying very hard to achieve this kind of outcome. Not many other places have succeeded. We see New Zealand decriminalised sex work in 2003, New South Wales in 1995, and the Northern Territory in, 19, in 2019. So it's incredibly rare for sex workers to manage to convince Parliament to pass these kind of laws and do so successfully. Mm, and Matthew, what forms of sex work remain criminalised? So obviously there's been a significant victory in terms of this philosophy that's guiding um, the changes, and particularly in relation to the Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill of 2021. Are there any forms of sex work that remain criminalised following the introduction of the bill? Yes, there are, sadly. And when you look at those other jurisdictions, what we find is that there's there's always one area of each law that doesn't really quite go far enough in, which, in, in the sense that some forms of sex work remain criminalised. And in Victoria, that applies to some forms of street-based sex work. So... The current um, the current laws criminalise all forms of street-based sex work. This bill repeals most forms of street-based sex work, but it retains criminal penalties associated with street-based sex work in some locations and, bizarrely, at some times of the day, namely nighttime or near places of worship or um, schools. And... Matthew, you've talked about the fact that there are a current set of laws um, and then we have a, a, the amendments coming through the Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill. Um, there are two sets of enactment dates, as I understand it. Is that right? That is right. Um, we have the 1st of May, sorry, sorry, the 10th of May 2022, which is the first enactment date. And that's when the anti-discrimination laws will apply advertising regulations will go and private sex workers will no, need, no longer need to register on a state government database. The second enactment date is the 1st of December 2023, so that's next year, and on that date brothel-related laws and the licensing um, laws for brothel owners and escort agencies will go and that will, that will see the complete repeal of the entire Sex Work Act which I can assure you all sex workers will be um, celebrating uh, in, in their lives and in their workplaces. This is a huge win and it's a huge cause for celebration for all sex workers. And speaking of workplaces, I mean, in Victoria, obviously over the course of the pandemic, we've seen overwhelmingly um, the common trend of working from home across many industries. Um, and in light of sex work being treated as any other work, um, is this something that will be possible for sex workers um, under the new laws? Yes, it will be. So the bill um, does 
remove criminal penalties associated with a sex worker working from home. But the situation is actually really quite complex in this area. So if I can just spend a bit of time explaining how, how the law treats this particular situation. Yeah, of course. So what we see is that uh, many sex workers, particularly independent sex workers, prefer to have the option of working from home at least some of the time. It might not be every day, but it might be that they want to have a client over, you know, periodically. And that's a high priority for sex workers to have that option. What we also see is that the thought of sex workers working from home creates a lot of anxiety amongst non-sex workers, particularly the Liberal Party and landlords and, and other, other people, property owners. It's already happening to a very large extent here in Victoria in a quiet way. There are thousands of sex workers already working from home, creating no problems. But it's not something that people are aware of. This bill seeks to recognise that that occurs and remove the criminal penalty associated with sex workers working from home. And the way that it does that is the current law says working from home is actually running a temporary, tiny illegal brothel. So you're actually captured by illegal brothel laws when you work from home. And that particular section of the Sex Work Act is going to be repealed. And that's a good thing. But it's actually too early to say whether all laws will actually permit working from home for sex workers because there are three other areas of law that could potentially get in the way. And I'll briefly outline those three areas of law. The first area is residential tenancy laws. A sex worker's lease must permit business or commercial activities to occur in the property for them to actually do any kind of work there, including sex work. So the, the type of lease also matters. We've then got planning schemes or council laws that would need to permit uh, sex work to occur via home-based um, business. This, the state government is currently amending the Victoria planning provisions to allow that to also occur. But there's one other area of law that we still don't know what's going to happen, and that is the public health and wellbeing regulations. And they may, they may require sex workers to register with their council for the purpose of health regulations, and we don't yet know what's going to happen on that front. So there's a number of areas of law that apply here, and it's too early to say for sure whether um, sex workers will be able to do that uh, according to all different types of laws in Victoria. And Matthew, is there a service out there who assists sex workers to navigate these really tricky um, amendments that kind of span a number of different pieces of legislation? Well, there are actually a number of different services out there. So we have an existing funded service called uh, RED, which is a community health service that provides advice to sex workers. The state government recently funded a peer-only sex worker service called Vixen Collective, to provide advice on these matters as the changes are rolled out. And the group that I'm a part of as well, called Sex Work Law Reform Victoria, also helps sex workers with the legal aspects of um, these changes. Well, that's fantastic that there's such an array of services out there. Um, Matthew, thank you so much. We're going to play a track now and we're going to come back to discuss uh, some of these issues in more detail. Um, now, Matthew has chosen the tra track by Salt and Pepper. Let's talk about sex. Cut it up one time. Ooh. 
Ingrid and Beth on 3cr.org.au, um, 3CR Digital. And we're talking to Matthew, who is a sex worker and a policy officer at Sex Work Law Reform Victoria. Um, Matthew has been talking to us about the Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill 2021 that has just been passed in Victoria. Um, Matthew, welcome back. Thanks for that. Um Matthew, before we get into our further questions around the bill, um, you selected that track for us. That might sound like a silly question, but why did you choose it? Well, it's funny you mention that because we're actually not really talking about sex. We're actually talking about the law, aren't we? And I think that's what this whole debate 
I wanted to highlight that the, that the discussion that we're having and the discussion about the bill wasn't really about sex at all. It's actually about how you regulate small business. And so um, it's, it's a great track. You know, it's uh, a lot of people, you know, love that song. But I wanted to just to remind people of how little this, this whole discussion is, is actually about sex. It's about small business regulation. That is a great point. Um, and let's talk about small business regulation. It's probably a less catchy <laughs> tune for a, <laughs> a track. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, thank you. That was a very, um, very wise observation. Um, I wanted to talk to you a bit more about the anti-discrimination protections in the bill. Um, and I wanted to ask in particular how commonplace um, discrimination is um, experienced by sex workers and in which areas of their lives that this usually occurs. Well, this has actually been quite well studied in Australia over many years. And what we see is in all jurisdictions in Australia, discrimination against sex workers is very widespread in all areas of life. So that would be accommodation, non-sex work workplaces, uh, accommodation settings, banking and financial services, other companies, all areas of life, education, all areas of life, it's incredibly common. And we see that in all, not just in, in uh, jurisdictions where sex work has been decriminalised, but in other jurisdictions as well. So it's quite, it's sadly a very, very common occurrence for virtually every sex worker that I've sp spoken to. And does the bill address any of these discriminations in any, in any sort of way? It does. And that's one of the reasons why this, this bill in particular is so special, because the two other bills in both the Northern Territory and New South Wales actually did not manage to address anti-discrimination laws in those jurisdictions. But Victoria did manage to do that. So Clause 34 of the bill inserts a new protected attribute. And by protected attribute, we're talking here about on the grounds upon which discrimination can occur. So most of your listeners are aware that discrimination can occur against an individual on the basis of gender, race or religion. Well, it can also occur on the basis of somebody's occupation. And so Clause 34 inserts profession, trade or occupation as a new protected attribute in the Equal Opportunity Act 2010. And the the goal is that that new protected attribute will um, apply to sex workers with their occupation and will protect them. The, the challenge here is going to be enforcing um, these new laws and anti-discrimination laws are notoriously difficult to actually um, uh, utilise at VCAT. So we'll have to see how that works out in practice. But the intention is that it will protect sex workers in all areas of their life. And that's a really fantastic outcome, particularly with a new protected attribute, as you've just described. Um, I understand you've referred to Clause 34 of the bill um, that has this amendment to the Equal Opportunity Act. And I understand there's also Clause 36 of the bill, um, which removes discrimination in accommodation settings, um, also through amendment to the Equal Opportunity Act. Um, is that right, first of all? And um, I understand that this was a controversial amendment and I just want to hear a bit more from you about why that might be the case. 
Well, that is right there. And one of the things, this is a fascinating example, is Clause 36 of, of the Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill. Now, I've just said to you that sex workers experience discrimination in all aspects of their lives. And that's actually quite easy to verify. If you just look at legislation in Australia that's already written out there, you can see that discrimination is is in um, encoded in various laws. And ironically, the Equal Opportunity Act 2010, the very act that is supposed to remove discrimination, actually enshrines discrimination for sex workers in accommodation settings. And it does that via Section 62, which says that um, landlords or other um, property owners can discriminate against sex workers um, renting accommodation. And so this bill actually says that that section needs to go, needs to be repealed, so that discrimination against sex work in accommodation settings will no longer be lawful. And that is a very, very good thing. In terms of the controversy, I have to be honest with you, I didn't anticipate that this would be controversial because I thought it was a no-brainer. But in the lower house in December of last year, so sorry, November of last year, the Liberal Party did raise the issue of what they called landlords' rights, where they incorrectly said that landlords would no longer have legal avenues to refuse accommodation to sex workers and all houses could be converted into, you know, brothels and there would be nothing that landlords could do about that. And that was a very dishonest portrayal of the law and the protections that landlords already have. And so it was portrayed as a free-for-all for sex workers and that landlords will be trampled over. And anyone who knows the Residential Tenancies Act knows that that is not the case. So that was where the so-called controversy came from. But I'm glad that in the end those that that fear-mongering didn't prevail and the bill passed in the end. And Matthew, will, how else would the bill remove previously lawful discrimination faced by sex workers? Yes, so Clause 3 of the bill um, does not allow local governments to introduce local laws under the Local Government Act that are discriminatory against sex workers, and that's a really important clause because we do see discrimination on the part of local government. And we also see the very purpose of the bill, which says that one of the purposes of this bill is to remove and end discrimination against sex workers. And as you know from um, looking at bills and acts, the, the, the very intention and the purposes of the bill is really critical to how it's interpreted. And so I'm incredibly pleased that that purpose is there um, in at the very beginning of the bill, saying that this is this is trying to end discrimination against sex workers. Mm, to guide its interpretation thereafter, that's a really fantastic outcome. Uh, now, as I understand mm. it, Matthew, sex work law reform Victoria, the the very goal um, of your organisation was to decriminalise um, sex work in Victoria. What are you going to do now that that's been achieved or at least achieved for the most part? Yes. Well, the the good news for us is that the way that um, sex work is handled in society means that we'll never be short of things to do because there are always going to be much more work to be done. So with those enactment dates that we talked about earlier, our organisation will, will be working um to roll out those changes, and that'll take you know close to two years, and there will be a number of other 
um, associated amendments to regulations that will accompany the bill. And the state government is actually working on those regulations right now, as it turns out. So we'll be looking at, at those changes as well. But one of the things that I'm most excited about is the prospect that for the first time in Victoria, we'll have a clear protected attribute to actually enforce anti-discrimination laws in this state. And so we'll, we will be supporting and assisting sex workers who want to assert their rights either at the Victorian Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission or at VCAT if they want to take legal action if they feel that they have been discriminated against. So we would welcome sex workers getting in touch with us so that we can support them to assert their new rights. Um, Matthew, where can people go to find out more? Where can um, sex workers contact you to receive um, that information and support? So two points of call. First of all, we're active on Twitter, social media. So the Twitter um, handle is at SWLRV and the website is sexworklawreformvictoria.org.au. Perfect. Um, I hope that um, there'll be more people reaching out to you um, given the comprehensive um, assistance that um, your organisation can provide. That's a really fantastic resource. Um, Matthew, we only have about 30 seconds to go. I mean, no pressure. Um, can you tell us one big issue um, that you'll be working on in the coming weeks and months? Sex workers versus the banks. Banks try to ban sex workers will be supporting sex workers to fight back, to use these new laws to say, no, you can't discriminate against us. New laws protect us. Well, that sounds like a, a really worthwhile um, place to be using these new laws um, in action. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. You've shared a real wealth of knowledge um, about the bill, um, about the impact of it, and um, it sounds like a really um, incredible victory for sex workers in Victoria. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me very much. You've been listening to Done By Law on 3CR 855 AM, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. Stay tuned for Voices of West Papua coming up next. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.